Today, as a universal church, we celebrate the solemnity of all saints. The solemnity of all saints. The church invites us to look at the lives of all these great men and women of, the, of time. The challenge and difficulty is if we look at all these men and women across time, there's thousands and thousands of saints that occur throughout history. Some that we know, some that have been formally canonized and recognized by the church, and others unknown to you and I. Others may be our relatives, family, and friends, our ancestors, who we ourselves don't know of them, but they know of us. So what do we celebrate as we gather together for the solemnity of all saints? We're looking at the lives of the saints. The word saint itself means those enrolled among the holy. So then what does it mean to be enrolled among the holy and what is holiness? Holiness is therefore being set apart for God and belonging to God alone. So as we look at the lives of the saints, we together as a universal church celebrate all, these, all the lives of these great men and women across time. They don't have a specific day or feast day. We come to celebrate and remember their lives and how they've lived out a life of virtue, a life of holiness, a life set apart, belonging to God and for God. But we celebrate them all together today as one. Those who have triumphantly are in heaven with God, seeing him face to face. So what does it mean to be set apart, to be set for God, and to be holy? I have a couple items here that I want us to look at together. We have here what looks to be a cup, right? We drink out of it, we take liquids out of it. But why is it called a chalice? We have this piece of cloth here that looks like an oversized napkin. It's a piece of fabric, a piece of cloth. But what does, it, what does these two items differ from our everyday items at home? How does this differ? Because this, instead of being called a cup, is called a chalice. This, being, this could be considered an oversized napkin so why is it called a purificator? These items are set apart to set for something specific and particular. These items are set particularly for the glorification of God and for the sacrifice of the Mass. These are why these things are holy. These are why these items are sacred and blessed. We to ourselves are holy and set aside, set apart for greatness. We're set aside to be more than just human beings. More than people without value, without worth. But what makes us different? How were we set apart? We hear the waters of the baptismal font rolling because we ourselves have been baptized, have been made anew, have been created in the image and likeness of God and through baptism set apart to be made holy, to be consecrated and dedicated to God. And therefore, our life's goal should be heaven. But yet, what do we do in our lives? We hear in our gospel reading the Beatitudes. 
Because we ourselves as human beings struggle to live out the life of holiness. We too are struggling trying to find out the path to holiness. We see all the lives of the saints. The lives of the saints vary from different time periods, from different age, different races, different ethnicities, different genders. But what they all have in common is being set aside by God and dedicating their lives and ridding themselves of what Thomas Aquinas calls the four pleasures. Wealth, power, pleasure, and honor. Pick any saint. Pick any saint that you, you, you admire, you look up to, and look at their lives. How they've rid themselves of those four things. It seems difficult for us to rid ourselves of wealth, power, pleasure, and honor. Because those things are within ourselves. Those are so innate within us. And those become a part of our lives. So how do we get rid of something that is innate within us? We get rid of them because they turn us to something that we're not meant to be. Not meant to go. How is power and honor going to bring us to heaven? Get us to where we're meant to be, which is relationship with God. Because power and honor hinders us from seeing God for who he is. Because we have a more important God that we set above in our lives. That God of our ego, that God of our self-centeredness, that God that drives ourselves, our inner self. And so there's no room within ourselves for God. But what is most important for us and what we're meant to be and to have is holiness, and therefore God is meant to be and to dwell within our lives. We go wandering about our lives aimlessly looking for something, and I can tell you that something is God, but until you yourself find that answer for yourself, you will never be happy. You will never see and live out the way God has meant you to be, and you won't be living a life of holiness. So how do we do that? If we yearn and strive and want to be holy, if we yearn and want to follow after those saints, the lives of the saints that we look up to and hope for and want to model our life after, what do we have to do? And it's very simple. We hear it in our gospel readings today. It's the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes literally mean the road to happiness. But if we listen to the Beatitudes, it's not as easy or it's not, you know, appealing to all of us, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the, the meek. Blessed are the humble. What does that really mean for us and how does that really look like for us? I used to do this with the Ten Commandments for the students. So instead of looking at the Beatitudes as blessed are the poor in spirit, it's not condemning the economic poverty or punishment, but let's, let's look at how we can be detached, how we can be poor in spirit, how can we let go of all the things that hold grip into our lives. Many of us have what we call our, in, our, our, in our pockets iPhones. How many of us can put the iPhone down for two weeks? We can't even put the iPhone down for two hours, nonetheless two weeks. But see how we're so detached and attached to those things that it even hinders us from even fully living alive. So when we hear, blessed are the poor in spirit, 
How are we detaching ourselves from the things of this world? Because you can put it as, blessed are those who go without or are not attached to material things. That's the positive way of looking at it. So let us be blessed. Let us be happy in ridding ourselves of the material things that hinder us from God. But what the material things has already done to our lives is it's already grown root within us. I can't live without my iPhone. I can't live without my social media. I can't live without being attached to this world. That wealth, that idea of material things has gotten a hold of us in our lives, which hinder us from truly living out a life of holiness. Blessed are those who mourn. We're looking at our lives and we hear those words, blessed are those who mourn. It sounds very cruel, it very sounds sadistic. But what we're really looking at in the positive light is how blessed are you who are not addicted to the good feelings. We always want to feel good. We always want to feel happy about ourselves. But what does that force us to do? When we drive ourselves based off feelings, we want more. Until it feels good, I'm not going to be able to be happy. So I go seek more and more and more. The thrill of exhilaration, the adrenaline rush. And so people begin to seek that feeling over and over and over until there's no more. Until there's no more feeling left within themselves and they take their life because nothing else matters. So what are we really looking at then? We're then driven and the roots of pleasure are all in our lives. How can we rid ourselves of those pleasure-seeking items that bring us these feelings of goodness? The feelings of goodness is not bad, but they become the idols within our lives. I need to feel good every day. I need people to praise me. I need people to boost my ego. And therefore, that makes me feel good. That becomes the God that you focus on that drives your life instead of the true God. Blessed are the meek, for, theirs, for they will inherit the earth. To flip it positively, how lucky are you not to be attached to the goods of this world? The power, the seeking of attention, the seeking of recognition within our lives. Because our inheritance is not just about this earth, but what it reminds us is the inheritance that we have to make heaven present here on earth. This life we live is not about climbing the ladder. This life we live is how do we make heaven, the glories of heaven, the glory of God's love present here on earth with our brothers and sisters? How do we love our brothers and sisters that much more? How do we not hurt our brothers and sisters in that love? And most importantly, how do we love them unconditionally without clobbering them at the knee to climb up that ladder pushing people away who interfere with our success. So what do we do? And finally, blessed are the persecuted, for righteousness will be theirs. How do I seek honor? How do I seek the recognition of our brothers and sisters, of those in the world? Because we, when we seek honor from others, we seek their, their opinions, their thought of us to boost our ego. 
Those are the ways in which we're going to be happy. To rid ourselves of power, honor, wealth, and pleasure. So how do we do that? What is our goal and why, do we, why does it all matter to us? Peter Kraft put it very simply. Becoming saints is the meaning of life. It is why we exist. It is why God created us. So we're not perfect, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a saint either. But our goal and our role in life every day is to continue to work at it. Continue to become holy. To be, continue to become better and virtuous. One of my favorite saints is St. Saint Peter. Because we, he really illustrates for us and shows us the struggle of living a life of holiness. He comes and journeys with Jesus for three years. And after all of that, Jesus tells him he's going to deny, you're going to deny him. And he says, yeah, yeah, I won't deny you. I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm going to remain faithful to you till the end. And what does he do? He ends up denying Jesus three times. But that doesn't stop him or hinder him from becoming holy. It doesn't hinder him becoming a saint. But what he does is he recognizes his frailty. He recognizes the need for God's grace. He recognizes in humility that he needs help. And so he goes back and reconciles himself with Christ and professes his love for him. So we too in our daily lives, we're not going to be perfect. God doesn't demand us to be perfect today. But he calls us and invites us to every day strive for holiness. So when we fail in our recognition of living out, living out that being set apart, living out that holiness, we can come to the sacrament of confession. We can come in recognition of our frailty, our weakness, in humility that we need God. You know, and the, the interesting part and the challenging part of living holiness is it's all theoretical up here. We all, it, it all sounds good talk, and we all, at the end of the day, want to strive and live out a life of holiness. But one of the most difficult things about living a life of holiness is how does that happen when the rubber meets the road every day of our life and every moment of our life? We're going to struggle. We're going to be challenged and pushed. But I think what helps in some concrete ways we can begin to live a life of holiness is our campaign that we're putting together, just one hour. This is not a plug for the campaign, but this campaign is not for us. It's not for Father Flynn and I at all, but this is for all of us together as a community, as a parish. Because what this does as a campaign is it calls us to put something down concretely. It challenges us to live a life of holiness every day and every moment of our life. And it calls us to check back with it. It calls us to check back on how well we're living a life of holiness. How well we're actually committing to our work of holiness. Being set apart, being consecrated for God, and to be giving it back all to God. And it's very simple. Work, worship, and wealth. And so through all these three, it helps us to take out, to chip away, to work at 
the power, the pleasure, the honor, the wealth that we always seek naturally within us. But with this campaign, we check ourselves every night. Have I chipped away at the wealth that I promised to give back to God? Have I chipped back at the honor that I constantly seek, instead spending more time in prayer and humility, recognizing the need of God? Are we doing that? And so this campaign is helping us to keep in reality, to keep in check, are we committing ourselves? And if we aren't, how are we recommitting our lives again tomorrow to become better? Because we're all, my dear brothers and sisters, meant to be saints. We're all called to be saints in our right way, in our particular way. How do we get there is the question. How are we going to make it there together is the next question. But we can do that together as a parish with just one hour. Just one hour of our work, just one hour of worship, and just one hour of our wealth. Amen.